This is the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and there's only a couple more practices to go before the Seahawks' first preseason game on Thursday against the Denver Broncos. Right guard DJ Fluker, head coach Pete Carroll, and kicker Jason Myers were all on the podium after Monday's practice. Normally, I'd defer to the head coach, but I can't wait to hear what Fluker has to say, so I'm going to start with him, and he's asked about how camp is going so far. So far, so good. Just hanging in there, just grinding it out, you know? Fluker said the team is getting a game plan together, and it's starting to feel like game week. How important are preseason games for him and his teammates? Being able to be out there on Thursday night when we do play is that these guys get a, get a good opportunity. You know, um, you, you you can practice it how many times you want to, but but the thing is, if you don't get in get in a game mode or be actually play play in a game situation, you don't learn, learn to get that kind of experience. So I think that's a great a, a great way to show how much they've learned and how much they've grown. One of the reasons why I think a lot of fans like DJ Fluker is because of his personality. He talks about his focus and the passion he brings to the game. Every day for me is a grind. You know, the thing, the thing about it is playing with a championship on mentality. And that's what you got to bring every single day. Practice, um, in the locker room, and the classroom. I think those those things are very, very important. You know, um, but being in practice, man, you, you know, you, you got to have fun. You know, that's, a, that's the best part. You know, you go out there. You may have messed up a couple times, but the thing about it is, it's practice. You, you go back and, and uh, get better, and, and that's the goal. To, and, and that's the goal up practice. So, so on Sunday, you can become better. You know, and I think by having passion for, for like passion, passion for the game, I think that comes from just being a kid, kid, a kid like on the field. You know, the thing is, how figured I was like, if I look at playing football like 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 as a job instead of being a kid with it. It won't. It wouldn't make any sense. I mean, I, I've been playing football since ninth grade. I didn't play pop Warner. I was too big. Now, don't get me wrong. I was too big. You know, they check it. Check it. I had checking up. I'm on birth certificates now, but um, I didn't play that. But ninth grade, I started playing football. Started follow, follow with the game, and I played defense actually for before I played an offensive lineman. I don't, don't tell nobody that. <laughs> but uh, I had fun with it. I started finding little things that that I can get better at, and I think that was more fun for me than anything else. Was he really too big to play Pop Warner? Well, I, mean, I was like, was like six foot, maybe like two eighty. Got, I was probably like ten, maybe. Uh. What was the toughest part about being a kid who was that big growing up? It was tough to find shoes, man. You know, I, I wasn't wor- too much worried about being big. I was trying to find clothes, find clothes to stay on my, to stay on my back, you know. And uh, I think shoes were the hardest part for me. I, I went like at 16, 16 in uh, ninth grade. I was like, ah, I, I got to find somewhere to eat, you know. <laughs> but, but the thing about it is B&B wasn't that bad. DJ Fluker started his career in San Diego before going to the New York Giants. And then he followed offensive line coach Mike Solari to Seattle. What is it that Coach Solari sees in him? The thing about me is I, I play with passion. I, I, I got some dog in me, you know, some heart in me. You know, in other words, but yeah, but I mean, the thing, the thing about it is, is on Sunday I play with passion for the passion. I play with toughness. Play a little bit of grit. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be able to be able to let all uh, defensive linemen know that hey, I'm here for 60 minutes. And you know, and, you know, and, and I think that's big. A lot of guys, a lot of guys play against uh, better, better, better opponents like on defense. You know, uh, from uh, Aaron Donald and, and Sue and 
and these other cats, they're, they're all top of tier guys, but you got to play with that same intensity. They bring it every game. You got to do the same thing. Uh, and they're great players. And to become great, you have to, be, you have to strive to become great, like, like uh, within you. So what's special about what DJ brings to the team? The thing about me is that I play with heart. You can't find that. Not in most guys. I rather hurt or, hurt or indifferent. I'm going to play, play every Sunday. That's how I see it. I play for my teammates. I play for my. I play for the people that watch us across the world. You know that's what it's about. And I play for my kids. You know, and and that's about for me. It, it's about playing every day, like it's your last snap. Play every down the same way. And I think it, when you have that, nobody can stop you. On Friday, we heard Justin Britt say that Puna Ford has the chance to be one of the league's best nose tackles. Ford also lines up against Fluker. So, what does DJ think of the young defensive lineman? Puna is is a challenge. That's a whole. That's a grown man right there. <laughs> he's a great dude, man. He he's real, uh, real squatty. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, Penn gets him, man. He got he got good quickness, good quickness to be inside, long arms. Um, plays hard to the um, plays hard to the whistle, and that's those are the kind of guys you need. Those are the kind of guys guys that um like that you need on your team, and I, and I think he does a great job with that. I mean, even last year, he showed up. And does the fact that Ford is only 5'11 make him more difficult to block? Man, I mean, shoot, if you six foot four, man, he come on come on the bull rush, you, you, you kind of done. <laughs> Fluker was asked about how much farther along this offensive line group is compared to last year. And DJ introduces us to a new acronym for the offensive line, JBD. And it stands for Just Ball Dog. It's been a grind. I mean, we all say JBD. And JBD stands for Jit Ball, dog. You know, the thing is, it, it's about us uh, gelling, you know, staying in the classroom together, picking up blitzes, learning our scheme better, um, becoming more uh, technical sound. And I think that's what it's about. And we've, and we've done a great job. But the thing about it is, you, you, you can say, hey, it's a great office line now. Cool. That's great. But the thing, they, the, thing about it, the thing about it is that don't judge me early. Judge me late. Wait till everything comes together first. And then you'll be like, okay, this office this off line is is out here you know so i don't want to put too much gas smoke whatever i just want to start right here start right here right now like on the ground and then build up moving on to head coach pete carroll let's start off with some of his thoughts on fluker and what he likes most about his starting right guard i think first and foremost it's his spirit he has a fantastic spirit he loves to play football he loves the game he loves everything about it and uh you just never see him where he's not exuding just energy and juice and all um now, to go along with all the rest of it, he's as physical and big and strong as you can get. Um, he's really smart and sharp at what, what he does, his assignments and all of that. But most of all, it's, it's the unique uh, spirit that he has that he brings on a regular basis that we love. Pete was asked if Fluker's career was rejuvenated, and Coach Carroll credits offensive line coach Mike Solari with how he's factored into the right guard's development. Yeah, I don't know. I, we, I think Mike's time with, with, with DJ um, really enhanced you know, our look at him and outlook and understanding of him. Mike knew who he was and what he was all about, and he was exactly on it. Uh, he's been a, a great addition to our club, you know. So I hope DJ feels like he's found himself a little bit here, and, and uh, we love everything he brings. Bobby Wagner wasn't practicing on Monday, and reporters were trying to get some information from Coach Carroll, which was an interesting back and forth. Yeah, Bobby had a little procedure done. We're, uh, he's going to get a little break here to, uh, just to get, get right, a little thing that we do with him. What part of the body was this procedure? On his lower body. I mean, it's got hairs. Yeah. Just, he has, I, he has something he's done regularly, and we're doing it again now at this time of year. 
Why is it being done now? Just to make sure that we have plenty of time between you know, when the games and all that stuff. Got a big two weeks coming up, 10 days coming up after this game. So he'll have really two weeks before the next game. And will we get to see Wagner in a preseason game? He could likely, could likely. The line of questioning didn't give much insight into the procedure that was done, so reporters dug back into it later on in the press conference. I'm not answering your question. I don't care what it is. That's not his first time. So it's, uh, it's, it's kind of a, um, I don't even know how to, I, the reason I'm not telling you what it is because I don't know what it is, okay? <laughs> so I would tell you if I knew, but um, it, he does, he's done it a couple times before. It's been successful for him and, and it's helped him out over the years. So it, it just felt like it was time to do it. And so we took the time to go. Is this considered a special treatment? Yeah, that's right. He did enter the circle. That's the, the, the healing circle. He entered the healing circle. We've talked about that before. When Coach Carroll has talked about the healing circle before, some of the reporting to come out of it is that players have received a treatment like Regenekine. Platelet-rich plasma is another procedure that is similar but different. And there's another one that's only done in Germany. They all seem to help players with inflamed knee joints, which is why I think reporters are trying to focus on what part of the body the procedure was being done on. But let's get back to some player evaluation and start with what Coach Carroll thought when he went back and watched the tape from Saturday's mock game in Bothell. It was, it was real solid across the board. Um, we had uh, the, the second offensive group had some, some line of scrimmage issues, you know, just jumping around. That kind of, that kind of it always gives you a, kind of a sour feeling when you're on the field. But uh, other than that, um, guys worked really hard. We executed pretty well. I like the way we moved the ball around offensively, uh, moved the quarterback around quite a bit. Um, so it's... Uh, yeah, we'll make good progress. One of the biggest questions of the offseason is what the Seahawks are going to do to replace Doug Baldwin, who was released from the team back in May and in April was reportedly considering retirement. From what Pete says, that job now clearly falls to Tyler Lockett. I don't know if a guy could have a better year than, than uh, Tyler had last year, but he's going to shoot for it. You know, he is just a go-to guy. All of the inside stuff that Doug always did, um, you know, Tyler was always working at it, and he's really good at it. So that's the first, the first you know, part of the role that Doug filled. You know, There's some things that Doug did that nobody's going to be able to do. You know, He was just so physical, so tough. He, he, he was so tough and physical that you know, that, he was uniquely talented in that way. You're going to see all kinds of guys. We've got so many guys we've got to look at. There's going to be a big rotation in there. A bunch of guys have done well. I mean, all these guys look good, so we're just going to let the games play out and see what happens and see who rises to the top at the end. But I would tell you that, that Tyler and uh, Jay Brown have done a great job. We've seen a, a lot of really good things from, um, from David Moore, too. Um, but there's all, the, I don't, don't mention the rest of the guys. The rest of the guys are all battling you know, to really show where they fit, and it's going to be exciting to see how it goes. Undrafted free agent Jazz Ferguson caught two touchdown passes in the mock game on Saturday. What did Coach Carroll see on film from the six foot five rookie? He had a couple great plays. He's done well. He's done really well. You know, he's a, he's the biggest guy we have out here. Uh, he's he's been a factor as a big guy. Will he had a couple grabs again today? Um, he's he's battling. Coach Carroll was asked about the tight ends, and one of the exciting things to hear is that maybe we'll be getting to see Will Disley playing in a preseason game very soon. It's always been important to us. Just had a great day today. He was all over the place, and, and uh, he, he's making a bid wanting to play this weekend, so uh, we're, we're watching and listen, listening carefully because he, he looks like he's ready to go. He's had a, a excellent work. Nick's been great you know, the whole time for us. He's just a solid guy that can do everything and has been really good around the, around the red zone, and uh, so we count on him. Russ loves to go to the tight end. Seahawks fullback Nick Ballore has been in the NFL for eight years now, 
and signed on with Seattle this offseason. Bloor was showing his versatility on Monday's practice by playing linebacker, which is actually the position he has the most NFL experience at. His first full year at playing fullback was last year in Detroit, and it's not the first time the Seahawks have had a fullback who can play both sides of the ball, with Will Tukuafu playing both fullback and defensive line for Seattle from 2014 to 2016. Pete's asked how helpful it is to have players who can play multiple positions. It makes him hugely valuable to us. I mean, he played linebacker for a long time. He's only played fullback for a couple of years. So, uh, you know, it's getting back in the saddle for him. is no, no problem. And he, he can help us. He's a good physical guy. And, and if we need help, uh, that's the idea. We're just trying to get ready and use this time to you know, get him some background. So if it, we call on him, uh, he could go. Same thing we do with, uh, with Mingo, too. You know, uh, Bark has done a great job at the spot we're playing him at. But we just got to get him back in case we need him to go back to Sam Lyman. Linebacker, he could do that. His focus is, you know, 98% on where he is and a couple percent on, you know, helping us out in the emergency of sandbacker. Moving over to the defensive side of the ball, Pete was asked about the linebackers and if they could be helping out the defensive line when it comes to putting pressure on the quarterback. I think they're going to be a big part of our defensive success. If, if, uh, if we can play really good D, it's going to be because Bobby and KJ and Michael and, and, and the guys in that linebacker spot. We're going to uh, utilize them as much as we can to be a factor in all aspects, run and, and pass and as well. Those guys are really good pass defenders, uh, and they, they love you know coming off the edge too. So um, we, we plan on using those guys a lot. Michael Kendricks, who filled in at K.J. Wright's weak side linebacker spot when K.J. was out last year, is transitioning to the strong side linebacker position, one that was played by Barkevius Mingo last year. That move could allow Kendricks to rush the quarterback a little more often. What has Pete Carroll seen from Kendricks as a pass rusher? Well, he's really sudden, and he's, uh, he's sneaky, sneaky with the way he, you know, he finds his ways uh, to beat the guy he's going on. Um, he's not a classic pass rush guy because you know, he doesn't have that package, but his quickness, his strength, his, uh, he's got tremendous flexibility and get just so darn low, uh, he, and he uses all of that. And so uh, he, he's a guy that we like bringing. You know, something good is going to happen when you bring him run and pass, and so uh, um, I'm looking forward to developing that. Puna Ford is getting a lot of hype this preseason. How does Coach Carroll think his size can help with his quickness and mobility? It can be if, if he's the right kind of athlete. Um, you know, uh, he's, he's got tremendous leverage and really long arms, too. And he's a really natural athlete, got good quickness and stuff about him. So there aren't very many guys his size that can do what he does. But he, he's, got, he's got some, uh, um, you know, Really unique talent. He's very much like Joel Casey. Um, he's a guy we had at SC that's been playing, done a great job in the league. They're very similar in, in stature and style and all of that. And hopefully someday, you know, we recognize Puna as doing as good as Tut Tut. His name was Tut Tut in the, back in the day. Puna Ford went undrafted in 2018. And even though he had success in college at Texas, his height has been attributed as the main reason why he went undrafted. He was player of the year in his conference. You know, you can't do any better than that. And, and uh, so I, I, it was great that our guys, you know, had their, their sights on them right from the beginning and we recruited them really well and, and uh, were able to, you know, get them when the time came. Getting into injury updates, Ed Dixon may or may not need surgery. No final word as of Monday's press conference. The injury is with Dixon's knee. It's going to, one, it's going to take us about uh, f- probably about four or five weeks, maybe six weeks at the most. So it's, it's very minor, but it, we got to figure out exactly how to get this done and uh, the timing of it and all. Jaron Reed has a, quote, family thing. Michael Kendricks has a, quote, business thing. And Jacob Hollister has a, quote, little groin thing. DK Metcalf suffered a strained oblique from the last play of Friday's practice, and he sat out Saturday's mock game. 
Will we get to see him in Thursday's game? He could have practiced today. We want to get another day clearance. Uh, just make sure that it's not hang, you know, lingering. Rasheem Green also sat out Monday's practice. Oh, he's got a sore elbow. He's get, he, uh, he had an old, old elbow injury. He got a couple little this is the nets in there that makes him uncomfortable once in a while. So we rest him today. And closing out with Pete Carroll's press conference. What's it like going into the first game of the preseason this Thursday? There's a lot of excitement about this because we wait so long, you know, and, and uh, the anticipation of the, you know, all throughout the offseason, we talk about the game so often and it finally gets here. So much of the time we're talking about holding back, you know, and the tempo and uh, the, the hitting and all of that. So we use the games to get our blocking and tackling together. And so uh, the first time we'll go full speed will be when we kick it off. And that's uh, as far as t- getting people on the ground. So it's a big deal to us. It's a really, really big deal to the guys that have their first opportunity. You know, the guys that are here for the first time. And we dedicate the game to those guys and, and make sure that they get a, a lot of play time and, and an opportunity to know that they're in a football game for the first time. Moving on to kicker Jason Myers. He was signed by the Seahawks in free agency this offseason. After he lost the job to Sebastian Janikowski, I found out today that Myers went to college at Marist College. It's in Poughkeepsie, New York. And I know that because I had to look it up. And don't feel bad if you haven't heard of it, because while looking it up, I also noticed under the People Also Ask section, two similar questions like, is Marist a college? Along with the natural follow-up question, is Marist a good college? Jason was asked if playing the mock game at Pop Keeney Stadium in Bothell was like playing in high school again. Honestly, that's probably like my college because I went to such a small school. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a fun atmosphere. Um, you know, the fans get to kind of get close to the practice and, you know, you kind of get mock games, you know, uh, feel out there. So um, it was fun to kind of get out there and do that. Since there were six players competing for spots at this time last year, have they been able to make up for that time now that there's only three of them and their jobs have been solidified? I mean, we, we made up that time in just OTAs, really. Um, you know, we, we've been cooking from, you know, the start. So, you know, we had worked together last year, so we kind of already had that going. And, um, you know, right from OTAs, we knew it was going to be us three. And, uh, you know, we, we started working then, and we were getting our, you know, our rhythm down and everything like that. So this is just, you know, we're setting a really good foundation for the year and, uh, you know, hopefully ride with that the rest of the year. Myers hit a 58-yard field goal during the Mont game on Saturday and also made one from 60 during practice on Monday. You know, when I warm up, I usually go back to 60, 65 just to kind of stretch it out and, you know, know where I'm hitting it from that day. Um, you know, should I, you know, I let Snides know we can, you know, hit a longer one today. And, um, you know, I do that regularly. So it's – we don't always do it in, in field goal period or in, you know, practice. Um, we had the 58 on uh, Saturday, but, you know, I usually can go back pretty far from there. Long snapper Tyler Ott is expected to be with the team for the next four years after signing an extension recently. What was Meyer's reaction to the news? Uh, that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I love working with, you know, Dixon and Ott and being able to be with, you know, Ott for four years, Dixon hopefully three three plus. Um, you know, it's good to kind of know that we're going to be together and be, you know, just clicking for the next, you know, years to come. So, um, I, you know, I'm excited for him. He's a great friend of mine. So, um, you know, I, I love that they were able to lock us all in together. Jason said that Ott took him and a few others out to celebrate the extension after the mock game Saturday night. What are his thoughts on Ott snapping and Michael Dixon holding when it comes to field goals and extra point tries? Uh, him and Ott are super smooth. Um, they b- rarely miss laces, and that's both of them working together. You know, Ott snapping, um, you know, Dixon catching in the same spot every time. And, you know, if, if, if it isn't a perfect snap, it's pretty close. And, you know, I haven't had any trouble with anything that they're doing, so... 
Training Camp Day 9 is in the books. Be sure and check out fieldgoals.com. John Fraley has an article that explores the reasons why the Seahawks could have less than a winning season in 2019. Kenneth Arthur previews the November matchup with the Eagles. And Mookie Alexander has the Day 9 training camp highlights. If you find value in these shows, as well as the episodes of the Seahawkers podcast, you can become a member of The Flock at GetInTheFlock.com. Details of our Pick'em League are posted there as well. GetInTheFlock.com. Thanks for listening. Go Hawks.